The text that we are going uh, that we're going to be looking at this morning, you will find it in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Uh, if you're using one of the Bibles that we have here at church, please go to page 11. Um, as always, we put our verses on the screen, uh, or turn on, you could turn on one of those phony Bibles as well, if you're going to use one of those. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> Let's read it starting in verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went. As the Lord had told them, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Let me just pray. God, every time I open up your word, I feel, Lord, the need to say, Lord, that please do not allow any words to, to come out of my mouth that will not give you glory. That will not produce joy to your people and will bring closer to you those that are far from you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you open up our minds and you open up our hearts so we can see the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of the call that you made us. That, that you, of the beauty of the call that you're making today. And we pray for all of this in the name of Jesus. And we all say... So we are in the third part of this short series called, um, in which we are actually looking into the mission of our church. So we talked about loving God and growing together. And if you didn't get the chance to, to hear to those sermons uh, done by Pastor Rob, you could, you could actually listen to them online. Today, I have the privilege and the blessing to talk about the last of these three-part series, which is Reaching the World. Now, let me start with this. I don't know if you have ever been in a situation in which someone says something that you could never forget. Like, they say something, and it shakes you up in such a way that you just, you just can't forget it. Well, it happened to me about four months ago. And he was here at church. I'm coming down from my office, and I'm going to my car. And I bump into this man that God has been calling to do some crazy changes in his life. And I'm intrigued by this man. He's a man that I really admire. And I ask him this, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you making these changes? And he said this, I am not going to die in a closet. I am not going to die in a closet. And I automatically understood what he meant. I automatically understood that he was saying that he was willing to change everything and drop everything. His values, his lifestyle, his life for the glory of God and the joy of his people. He was willing to give it all to reach the world. 
to be missional. I'm not going to tell you who that man is, but his name is Jeff Walzer. That was one of the things that, one of the last things he told me before he left. And there's a thing that Jeff understood that I understand as well, and I think that the Bible makes it clear, is that to be a Christian is to live in mission. Actually, to be church is to be missional. I understand when we say that we're a missional church, but actually to be church means to be in mission. That's the nature of Christianity. The word mission or missional comes from the Latin word missio that means to be sent. To be sent out. To be a Christian is to be sent. To be church is to be sent. To be missional is to not dine inside a closet. That's what I'm talking about today. And you might be wondering why read Genesis 12. Why not talk about the New Testament when it is obvious that the New Testament talks about being missional, reaching the world. Well, this is what is interesting here that I, God has always been a missional God and has, he's always called his people to be missional. It is right from the beginning. And you could see it very clearly in Abraham's call, Abraham's call. You can see it right there in Genesis chapter 12. And in his call, we're going to see three things. We're going to see the beginning of missional life or, be, or missional living, the price to be paid to live in mission, and the blessing needed to become missional. The beginning of missional life, the price to be paid to live in mission, and the blessing needed to become missional. So let me, go, let me start with the first one, the beginning of missional living. Why talk about Genesis 12? Well, I, I believe and I understand, and many people I believe and understand this, that Genesis 12 is pointing us to a new beginning in the story of God's people. God is restarting something for God's people and with God's people. See, Genesis chapter 1, everything was beautiful and perfect. Genesis chapter 3 is the fall. And Genesis chapter 12, we are restarting something else. It's a new beginning. And it's starting with Abraham. That's what the New Testament calls Abraham, the father of our faith, Romans chapter 4. And he's not only the father of our faith, he's also a model of faith. A model of living by faith. And a model of what it means to be missional. To see Abraham or Abraham is to see that to live by faith is to live in mission. Look at how he starts in verse 1. The Lord has said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. Go from. It's a missional call. It's a call that God makes to Abraham to get out. It's the call that God makes to Abraham to send them out to a different land, to different people, to all kinds of people. Now, you got to ask the question, why Genesis 12, why Abraham right now in this place? 
And I think that the answer is very simple. Because nobody else wanted to do it. Nobody else would go. Nobody else would go. Nobody else would go. And to understand that, you need to see a little bit of the history. Let me give you a little bit of context here. Genesis chapter 3, the fall. Adam and Eve sin against God, and they're kicked out of heaven. Genesis chapter 4, Cain kills Abel. Genesis chapter 5, Adam and Eve have another son, Seth. Genesis chapter 6 and through 8, increasing corruption on earth. God sends the flood. He keeps one family to start over, Noah and his family. Genesis chapter 9, God makes a covenant with Noah. He will never destroy his people the same way or humanity the same way. Genesis chapter 10, we see the nations that descended from Noah, starting with his first son, Shem. Beginning of Genesis chapter 11, the, tor- the Tower of Babel, where people wanted to make of themselves a name. They wanted to be their own God. They did not want to fulfill God's purpose for their life. Genesis chapter 11, second part. We see Shem's family. The first of all, Abram's father, Terah. Now this is interesting because God calls Terah to go to Canaan. God tells them, take your family and go to Canaan. And on his way over there, they stopped by a beautiful place. And they loved it. And they settled there. And Terah died there. Can you see what he did? He sacrificed his calling for comfort. He decided not to continue the race at the expense of comfort, pleasure, and coziness. God in his divine plan and his sovereignty had chosen Canaan to be the perfect place for many nations to know him. For many tribes to know him. For people from all kinds of places to know the God of Israel. And Terah said no to that. You know, it's interesting that getting his sovereignty never stops with his plans. He never stops what he wants to do. When he never, whenever he wants to bless, he will bless. That's why he lifted up Abram. And, and told him to go to the place where his dad did not want to go. God wanted to bless the nations. God is unstoppable. The problem is not whether or not God would do it. The problem is who would go. God is determined to restore everything that sin has destroyed. The reason why I use the word restoration or restore here is because it's a synonym of blessing. Did you see in verses 2 and 3 the word blessing appears four times? God was going to bless 
Abraham so he could be of blessing to other people. According to the theologian Richard Bachman, a blessing is the way God enables his creation to be fertile and fruitful to grow and to flourish. Whenever human life enjoys the good things of creation and produces the good fruit of human activity, God is pouring out his blessings. The missiologist J.I. Perry says this, to bless is to contend with and to overcome evil. That's a perfect explanation of what it means to be in mission. It is to proclaim with your mouth the gospel, the beautiful gospel, and it is to demonstrate the beauty and the impact of the gospel with your hands. Word and deed. That's what call. That's why God called Abraham to this. God is unstoppable. He will do what he has to do. The question is, who would go? I don't know if you've ever seen this Christian movie. It's called Big Hero 6. <laughs> you, have on, you only know about that movie if you have little kids. Or if you have way too much time in your hands. <laughs> Just to give you, for those of you that never heard of that, it's the story about this big marshmallow-looking robot that is a doctor. And he, his job is to heal people. What is interesting is that whenever he goes to someone that is sick, if the person does not want his help, he always says this, I cannot deactivate until you are fully satisfied. You heard that? I cannot deactivate until you are fully satisfied. That's God is speaking through a movie. God cannot deactivate until earth is fully satisfied. God cannot deactivate until he brings heaven to earth. God will do what he has to do, but there's only two types of people. The terrorists or the Abrams. The terrorists will sacrifice all in the name of comfort. The Abrams will sacrifice it all for the mission of God. Our blessings never stop here. Our blessings are always to bless others. If you are blessed, you must go. Which one do you want to be? Which one are you called to be? That's the beginning of the mission of living. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Now, when we talk about this, it's, it's, it is so easy to make of a, of a topic like this something so romantic and so beautiful. It is so easy for many of us, including me this morning, to make of this just a beautiful theory, a romantic idea. 
And that's why we need the second point, the price to be paid to live in mission. Because the truth of the matter is that to live in mission, to reach the world, is hard. It's about sacrificial living. Do you notice God calls Abraham to go from his country, his people, his father's household. Every single one of those words, very, very, very important. To go from his country means meant to leave his birthplace. And if you know a little bit of the Israelite culture, you will know that their identity and their security was always attached to their land. And God called them to drop that. And God called them to drop his people, his relatives, his tribes, the people that he loved, the people that he liked. The people that lived close by, and if you know anything about the Israelites, is that they always lived close by. And lastly, he calls them to drop his father's household, his immediate family, the strongest family bond. Jesus says something very similar in Matthew. That's what it means to deny yourself. It does not mean that you got to hate everybody else. What it means, God is calling here for a higher alliance, higher loyalty. Can you see what God is calling him to do? He's calling him to drop his comfort zone, his safe zone, his familiar zone. God is calling Abraham to surrender his will. God is calling Abraham to, fu- to fully trust him. God is calling Abraham to, for, for him to place his ultimate security in God. God is calling Abraham to, to trust that God is his provider. God is calling Abraham to a higher alliance, higher loyalty. You know how amazing that is in verses 2 and 3? He says that if he does that, if he drops it off for the mission of God, he will make of Abraham into a great nation. All kinds of people will get to know about the king and savior God. He tells him that if he drops that, he will make of Abraham a person with a great name, a person of influence. God says that if Abram does that, Abram will be a blessing to all kinds of people. Notice this. No great nation, no great name, no great blessing to all kinds of people unless Abram first understood the price to be paid. He had to be willing to leave everything behind. He had to be willing to lose comfort. He had to be willing to live a costly, missional life. God calls you and me to the same thing. I don't think that we should all have the same lifestyle. I don't think that we should all have the same houses, the same car, eat the same food. I don't think that that's what it is. I don't think that the Bible shows that. But this I know, that we all have the same calling. And we must all be willing to lose something to gain something, to die to something, to live for something. 
Lose your country and become a great nation. Lose your people and become a great name. Lose your family and become a blessing to all kinds of people. What does that mean for us in practical terms? What does it mean for me and you to go from my country in order to become a great nation? Let me put it this way. I love American. American. I love America. And I love being American because I, I pay for that, so I am. I actually American because you know I'm in South America, this continent American, same. <laughs> but this I know that I'm first American and then Christian. No, that I'm first Christian and then American. That I'm first Christian and then Latino. That I'm first Christian and then Colombian. That my higher alliance is toward God and his kingdom, not this country, not my country. I am first loyal to him and then to everything else. What does it mean for us to go from our people to become people of great, of a great name? You know how comfortable it is for us to hang around with people that looks like us? Look, I love you all, but I think I love more Hispanics. <laughs> you know why? Because they speak the right language, <laughs> they eat the right food, they listen to the right music. It's just the perfect people. But as I was thinking of this, I asked myself this question, this question, which is the same question I ask you. Who knows your living room? Who knows the inside of your house? Who sat on your dining table? What a stranger have you brought in? That's what it means to live in mission. And it's costly. But it's true. For us as Christians to live in mission is to open the, hearts of, the doors of our heart and to open the doors of our home. For people or two people that is not like us. That's how we reach the world. What does it mean for us to go from our family? You know the word all peoples and earth. The word peoples means nations and races. It is to force ourselves to see the image of God, the beautiful and amazing image of God in all kinds of colors. Did you know that God is not colorblind? He's colorblind. He could see them all and admire all and engage all as one family, even though they are so different. That's what it means to live in mission. That's what it means to reach the world. Do you know why I'm here this morning? Do you know what happened in my life? To allow me to preach this sermon this morning here. 
Almost 40 years ago. That's right, I said 40. And that's right, I know I look 25. <laughs> Liar. Almost 40 years ago, a couple of American missionaries decided to go from their country to Latin America. Decided to open the doors of their house to a young, single, pregnant woman. Decided to open their house to a stranger woman. Decided to get uncomfortable so a baby could have a home. Decided to love this woman and this baby unconditionally and sacrificially. Decided to be a blessing to a different race than theirs. And that's why I'm here today. Can you see what it means to be blessed? To be a blessing. Can you see why we got to call ourselves first Christian than anything else? God is calling you to that. To reach the world, we must be that. But you and I got to be completely honest about this. It is so hard. It is so hard to die to myself. It is so hard for you to die to yourself. It is so hard to get uncomfortable. It is so hard. How do we do it then? How do we get to that point? How do we make this kind of commitment? Well, you got to see how blessed have you been. Actually, you can see the fruit of a blessing in Abram's life. Abram's call was a radical call, a crazy call. How did he do it? I believe that the answer in that, it's in the phrase, I will. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those that curse you. I will. That's a covenant phrase. It's a covenant phrase. God makes a covenant with Abram. God tells him that he's going to be faithful regardless if Abram was unfaithful. It's a one-way commitment from God to him. The only way that Abram could do this is if he knew that God never, ever, ever break his promises. If you keep on reading Genesis and you go to chapter 15, you will see that God actually ratifies or confirms that covenant. Do you remember God calls Abraham and he, and he tells him to gather these animals for a sacrifice because all covenants demands blood. And Abraham grabs the animals and he cut them in two and he puts some animals on this side and he puts some animals on this side and as a sign of the covenant, both people involved are supposed to walk in between them. But something amazing happens because God puts Abraham to sleep. And only God walks. Only God walks through the blood. Only God makes that commitment. That 
covenant. Did you know that we have something better than that? Did you know that that covenant ritual points to a better covenant ritual? It points to Jesus Christ and the cross. It points to a covenant ritual in which we do not see an animal being sacrificed, but the Son of God being sacrificed. A covenant ritual in which we see Jesus not just walking through the blood, but shedding his blood. A covenant ritual in which we see the Son of God nailed to a cross. Do you know the price that he had to pay to do that? He didn't have to leave his country. He left heaven. He didn't have to leave his people. He left his father. He didn't have to leave his father's household. He had to surrender his life, his will. If God makes a covenant with his people, if God makes a covenant with you in Jesus Christ, why not live like this? Why not respond to this call like this? If God makes a covenant with us in Jesus, is there anything more secure than him? Why not go out from your country and be Christian first? If God makes a covenant with us in Jesus, is there anything more reliable than him? Why not go out from your people and open the doors of your heart and of your home to strangers? If God makes a covenant with us in Jesus, is there a, be is there a better blessing than to know that God is for us? That nothing... Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Nothing. Why not go out from your family to be a blessing to others? You want to reach the world? Look at the cross and stay there. Do you want to live in mission? I want to. Come on, let's do it together. As a church, as one body, for his glory and the joy of his people. Let's pray. Wonderful Savior, we sometimes just forget the purpose of your blessing toward us. It was never just for us. It was for us to be a blessing to other people. Blessings are not supposed to stop with us. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we may see the beautiful covenant that you made with us in your Son at the cross. In such a way, Lord, that our heart is moved, our affections are shaken. Bring us to the cross, Lord, so much, so close. 
that you may be our only source of security, our only source of identity, our only source of love. Please make of us, Lord, WBC and IDP, a church that is committed, Lord, to reach the world, to live in mission, to live sacrificially, to drop it all. We don't want to die in a closet. Make it happen, God Almighty. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.